0: hail hail the gang's all here it's the end of the year we're rolling with no fear not drinking beer but that's okay. We've got some here. I'm Eric G. Hollis, and I'm here with the entire BitFaced crew. That's right, the entire crew. Rebecca is here, Carl Brevik is here, Doug Lund is here, Tyler is here, and I am here. And for the first time, we are going to do the Bitfaced 2018 Game of the Year Awards. We normally go with the top 10 format. We will do that this year, guys, for our pop culture. Which episode you'll hear after this, but we really wanted to just go with some categories this year have some discussion around some games at the end of 2017 We said that there was no way that 2018 would be better than 2017 It wasn't but I'll tell you this much. It was very close. We got a lot of really good titles this year So everyone feel free to jump in when they want I'm gonna go category by category to keep us organized here Let's start with the best gaming moment or your favorite gaming moment in 2018 this is one of the four categories we also threw out to you out there the listeners and i was so happy with all the participation all the discussion as you guys can see i promise that every week on the show i will engage you online if you're not a dick let's talk about video games because i love talking about it and it brought us all together i want to know from you guys before i'll tell you mine what were your favorite gaming moment of 2018? And Rebecca, why don't you go? Actually, you just pass the mic to Carl. Carl, why don't you go first?
1: Favorite gaming moments uh, would have to be. It's it's not. It's probably not the cinematic moment we're looking for. Lots of amazing cinematic moments, but being Spider Man in the streets, and especially hearing J. Jonah Jameson come on a podcast. That was the <laughs> moment of the year for me. This seamless update of the most classic video game character and title that I've ever enjoyed, or I mean, comic character brought to life and then have it be seamlessly updated to today. It felt like I was Spider-Man
0: today and I still can't get enough of that moment popping up on my radar. Spider-Man was the most fun. I don't think spider mans going to get enough love in the game of the year category because of a couple other titles. Mm -hmm. The most fun I had with a video game this year was Mm Spider-Man
2: putting the controller down after playing through it for the first time it was my game of the year candidate and it was only with later developments that that changed but uh, it, it's a strong contender it, it sucks I think you're right I think it's gonna get buried bef- uh, underneath a, a few other titles but so much fun I didn't play with the podcast on like the, oh, my, my first playthrough and Eric Eric convinced me to uh, to turn it back on and it, it actually makes a, a big difference it's,
1: it's a it's a vibrant world that way all of a sudden it becomes a whole just everything it's all encompassing and they spent
2: a lot of time in writing that that uh, exposition that that j jonah jameson's doing it's fantastic
3: yeah there were times that i was swinging to go to a mission and i would get real close but j jonah jameson would still be talking so i'd like turn and like gotta wait (laughs) yeah and like swing around the city for a bit more to finish everything he's saying so it doesn't cut off and then go and complete the mission
1: No, it was. I made sure I didn't play it. I was right in finals when it was coming out, and so I was like, I got to not play this game until my finals are over because otherwise I'm not finishing finals. And I was right. I was so right.
0: And the DLC is a little underwhelming for the title, but I don't think that should bring down Mm -mm. the quality of the game. In fact, if we were doing a top 10, it would be a solid number three for Mm me.
2: I'm going to leave the poop joke on the table, but (laughs) the... uh... I thought the DLC, before we change gears here, because there's lots of games to talk about with moments, but uh, three fairly chunky DLCs in the space of two months before the the end of the year, that's not too shabby. I mean, it could have been better, but compared to a lot of games, I I think it was pretty robust.
1: Well, it was mixing that expectation in, you know, because for quality subtracted by expectation, then you're, you're really cooking.
0: What about you, Doug? Oh God, this is where we're... Let's let's go ahead and get it out of the way too, and I'm looking at you because I know Doug and I are going to spoil the shit out of some stuff for you guys today. Uh, Too bad, Tyler, but if any of you out there have not finished Red Dead Redemption, please stop the podcast right now because we are going to get into some Act 6 spoilery here, I assume, with your pick for best moment of the year.
2: Absolutely. I am not a rock star fanboy at all in fact this is absolutely the first rockstar title i've played from start to finish and now i can see why they get the the love that they do um i fell in love with this game uh and it it took a while because the first i would say 10 hours of gameplay are are challenging there's a barrier to entry there uh, emotionally and with the gameplay where you're like this is just it's not fun it's so slow and you don't realize until later that they're they're setting a very intentional pace with this game that permeates throughout the rest of the experience. You you get to know so many characters and you can only do that when you're uh, held in the world and and they that that's what what they do with the pace is they, they make you pay attention to everything. And then they fucking break your heart <laughs> in the best possible way that that a that a, a piece of media can do or, or an experience like this by giving their Lead character, a terminal disease, and you watch the motherfucker waste away before your eyes in the final act of the game. And it is heart wrenching and it is so well done. And I'm tearing up just thinking about it because I loved it so much. It changed the way I look at what you can do, like what's possible with the
0: game. It was nothing short of awe inspiring. They hit you right over the head with it. It's that scene in the doctor's office is mind blowing. And I'm going to take it one step further, Doug. After you get diagnosed, you have the option to meet a character up in the mountains who they call The Veteran, also at the end of his life. And the conversations that those two characters, that Arthur Morgan and The Veteran have, about friendship, about what they've done with their lives, about where they've gone wrong, is the most beautiful side mission not only you will play in 2018, that you might ever play. And it's perfect. Act 6 of Red Dead is what takes it over God of War this year for me. I know we're going to get into that when we talk about Game of the Year. But before that, I'd say God of War, hands down, Game of the Year. Act 6 of Red Dead takes storytelling in video gaming to the next level. So I'm going to agree with Doug. I picked God of War, though, uh, moment in God of War, as my favorite moment of this year. And it's the scene, and God of War is done in one shot. The camera never cuts ever, the entire game, which I thought was brilliant. But you're in a canoe, and you're riding towards your house. And Kratos utters these words that will stay with me forever, get out of my head, Athena. And it completely ties it back to all the other God of War games. And you have a conversation with her, you go back to your house, and you open an ominous-looking chest under your bed, and you pull out the Blades of Chaos. And as a gamer... I don't think that moment sticks if you don't have a connection to the series, but if you do, phenomenal.
1: Well, and both of those moments just really go back into we're having a whole new trend to making games more cinematic than ever. It's, it's an art form beyond anything we've seen before. And I've we've talked before about how much gaming is an art form as much as movies, as books, as anything else. And this year proved it. Both God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 pushed that over the top. They came to tell a story first and then surround it with amazing gameplay and that's a trend i really hope continues it
2: was pretty remarkable that you can get what it was 20 somewhere between 20 and 30 hours of gameplay into a god of war game and never see those chaos blades and it was still fantastic it was fantastic even if those blades never did show up but the payoff in that moment not only as as a fan of the show but playing through that or a fan of the game <laughs> but playing through you know that the first half of it is uh very well done.
3: I'm actually sitting here getting goosebumps every time we mention Athena or the Chaos Blades. Like, my skin is tingling. That's how good that moment was for me. So I totally agree. That w- That's what I would have picked for my moment as well.
0: What did you pick, Rebecca?
4: So mine is probably another one that's a little... Not really under the radar, but definitely surprising. So I didn't play much in the way of new games this year. I moved to California, had a lot going on. But one game that I did play that actually surprised me with how much I loved it was Let's Go Eevee Pokemon. And so I actually teared up the first time that I I was playing it docked on the big screen TV roaming around like from back when i played red and blue and just seeing everyone in like seeing professor oak and like hd and seeing all the pokemon having pokemon follow you around whoever you wanted um that was a really really big moment for me because that was something that i had like really wanted even since i was a little kid first starting to play the pokemon games like i wish this this story was um something that could be played on a on a console, and I wish I could play it on an actual TV, and so getting to actually do that, even though there was so much that was different about the game, that was a really big moment for me.
0: It's a very divisive title, too. is. I've seen it on a ton of top tens, and then I've seen a camp of people that absolutely hate it and think it's the worst thing that ever happened to Pokemon. Now, I want to try it. Rebecca, here's my problem. As soon as they said no pro controller support, I said, nope, I don't want to sit there and jiggle my hands around. Like, I want to play a good Pokemon game and I've never played one besides Go. Should I still pick it up?
4: I think you still should. I think, I haven't done it, but I think there's a way basically, so... To catch wild Pokemon, rather than battling them, you do catch them Pokemon Go style. it's It's the circle that shrinks and you have to throw the ball. And I've only done it using the motion controls, but I think you can do it with just the joystick too. I it, it, was, it was something I was skeptical about as well. Um, the controls are very, very different, and it's really weird to get out of... You can play it with a, just a single Joy-Con, but once you get used to that, it's really nice. And I just kept thinking, because I think about this shit all the time, I just kept thinking, like, imagine a kid who has like a disability only has one arm you can play either right or left joy-con and they're able to play a game one-handed for the first time that they haven't been able to play before but i'd have to look into it like i said i think there's a way that you can throw the pokeballs with just the joystick and i would still recommend playing. but do you
2: really
3: want to i mean
4: that's the thing like it feels so good to like actually throw a pokeball it's yeah it was neat
3: if you'd like to try it i did buy let's go eevee for titus for christmas
0: well, then there we go. I'll, I'll try it that way. But I'm, I'm intrigued to play it, especially since you can transfer over your Pokemon from Pokemon Go. And I've got a chunky stable of Pokemon. That
4: actually, so getting this game um, was actually what got me back into Pokemon Go. i had quit playing and now I play it again.
0: You have to friend me. I know I do. Okay. We'll do that today. Friend Doug too.
4: And Carl. <laughs> I convinced definitely. Carl to change from uh, Team Instinct to Team Mystic. So, How did you change teams?
2: You, you re-rolled, didn't you? See,
1: no, I've always been a mercenary when it comes to Pokemon Go. I was bribed into Instinct the first time, and that was with a tank top with an Instinct on it. And <laughs> this time I was bribed into Mystic by knowledge of how to level really fast, and sure enough, I was like level 20 in like two weeks. Oh, okay. And so, yeah.
2: So there is no changing, though. You no, had to, he you made had to a new account. Yeah. Right.
0: Team Valor for life. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking into the Valor mic over there. <laughs> Yeah, fair. Was yours, get out of my head, Athena Tyler, before we... Yes. Okay, and that was also Bitface. So all of you out there that voted, you guys picked picked that moment as well. Let's go to best music next. I'm going to just go ahead and say... Nothing beats Red Dead. Red Dead ends with 45 minutes of music over the credits that's better than most games' entire soundtracks, so I have to go with Red Dead Redemption. Not only the original music, but there's a couple themes throughout the game that are—what um, is his name? Enio Morricone would be proud to listen to how it sounds like a Western. Uh, the scene where you're all storming uh, at the end in Act Six is one of the best themes I think I've ever heard in my life. I don't often download video game soundtracks. I know a lot of you out there do, Tyler being one of them. Carl, you listen to a lot of video game soundtracks. I have the Red Dead instrumental soundtrack because that's how much I loved it. So that's my pick. Uh, we did not put this one up on Bitface, so we're just going to decide this here. But one vote for, from Eric for Red Dead Redemption 2.
3: I second Red Dead Redemption 2.
2: I I can't imagine picking anything else just based on on what I played. I mean, there's, what, 90 different composed pieces of music in this song, and uh, all of them are fantastic. And I do not like country-western as a genre. I'm not a big western movie fan, although some of my favorite movies are westerns, but the, the fact that this music was all in that vein and still just blew me out of the... The water says something.
1: No, I think you have to vote for that. Just amount of time, amount of contents. But I will give two honorable mentions for the year. One being Octopath Traveler. uh, Another kind of controversial game uh, for some folks. But the music, start to finish, is so cinematic. I mean, it feels like you're in this whole new world. And it's unique. It's a unique soundtrack where it's not genre-specific, but still really great. And the other one, a little bit more, I don't think a lot of people will agree, but Far Cry 5? loved that soundtrack because one the original scores were solid again a very similar like i don't like this genre but this is good it's well done but you get in cars and you can switch radio stations and all of a sudden the rolling stones are on or the vines are on or some you know backwoods blue song that i have on spotify pops on so just that that immersive real world soundtrack was so extensive that far cry 5 again just gets a little wink and nod from
0: me
4: i don't have as much as i'd like to contribute to this category because i'd play most of my games on mute, so
0: <laughs> I'd say the other one that deserves a special mention would be Celeste. Mm. Celeste is hard. Don't buy Celeste if you don't want to challenge. I'm on like level three and it's taken me seven hours. It's hard platforming, but the music's very unique, so if you're looking for something out there, but I read that just by sheer volume of of sound.
2: Volume was something I did take into consideration because I almost nominated Smash in this category. There there are hundreds of tracks in smash and there are and almost all of them are instantly recognizable but variations on songs that you know and love and then they're so good
1: i was really going to pick one of those two but smash is going to be like my winner in every category this year so I was trying not to immediately dive in uh it's a phenomenon and the music is true and there were some again at the end of the story mode there are some orchestral pieces that sound better than any movie right now better than anything that's out right now and then yeah then we have these uh not uh, remixes basically of of old songs i think the new uh gangplank galleon is phenomenal that's been the soundtrack i've been playing almost constantly is even just old scores because you get the nostalgia vibe with something new and intense well orchestrated sensational
2: mechanic that lets you go in and like build your own playlists from all of these wonderful selections that's a that's a nice touch well done nintendo
0: If we had a category of best fan service game of 2018, Smash Brothers would Mm -hmm. win, hands down. There's nothing that you play that takes everything that came before and puts it all together in one nice, neat package. I do have some problems with Smash, but we'll discuss those when we get to the fighting game of the year, which I assume Smash will win. (laughs) (laughs) Or better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Best RPG. I think it really comes down to Octopath or Dragon Quest XI, and I'm going to go with Dragon Quest XI this year. I thought Octopath was great. You mentioned the beautiful music. It really takes you back to the era of Final Fantasy II and Final Fantasy III on the Super Nintendo. I thought the story was good. I thought the combat was a little bit more generic than Dragon Quest XI, and I think that's what puts Dragon Quest XI over the top there. I've also really never played a Dragon Quest game, but the game is beautiful. It looks like you're playing a cartoon. And you also – I went through the first three hours of the game with only one character, and they really make you earn that second and third and fourth party member it's a it's a little bit of a grind i would say but i think a good rpg and especially a japanese rpg should have a little bit of that factor in there so i'm gonna go with dragon quest 11 this year
3: i would have again i didn't play uh dragon quest 11 but i did get to play a little bit of octopath so octopath would be my vote because it was phenomenal from what i played i'm a huge square enix and japanese rpg fanboy and it was right up that alley
2: I came here to learn today, so I'm gonna pass the mic right along to be educated.
1: Yeah, no, Octopath has to win again too. It was one that had a lot of the uh, hype surrounding it, and again, it 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 it's not necessarily a new experience, and there is some clunk to some of the combat, but there's everything else is so well compensated and so well fulfilled uh, that it's it's a whole experience. And I don't, I just don't remember if it came out this year or if all parts of it, but. An RPG always that I think everyone should play is the Banner Saga trilogy. I know the first part came out before this year, but the whole trilogy was just released on Switch, and I got it for Christmas from Christmas for my brother. It is an amazing experience. Again, just art style, music—you name it—it's a, a phenomenal experience. But yeah, Octopath gets the the full vote. Just again, for for pound for pound quality,
0: it's it's the experience.
4: Yeah, this is another category. I don't have <laughs> as much to contribute as I'd like. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess we have to give it to Octopath. And, you know, I'll, I'll go with you guys because of the art direction that you mentioned. Uh, I didn't have a pick for best art direction, but Octopath was a very pretty game. I like the way that it looked. Dragon Quest was more cartoony. I think Dragon Quest at its core is a better game, but the Bitface RPG of the year is going to be Octopath Traveler. Let's, it is settled. It is done. Let's go ahead and, and get this over with. I think there's only really two fighting games that came out this year, and they're both really good. So I'm going to give props to one that's not going to get talked about much. Soul Calibur 6 was awesome. It had a really good single player mode. I still think it's the most accessible fighting game on the market, including Super Smash Brothers. Anyone can jump into a match and really have fun with it. Also, the character customization in Soul Calibur is mind-blowingly good. Like, I've got plans today to make Solaire. Somebody has laid out all the pieces I need to make a perfect Dark Souls Solaire that I can fight in the game with people have all sorts of characters so if you don't have a switch which i know a lot of people don't and you're looking for a good fighting game on console soul caliber six was great but i think i don't even need to go around the table but we're gonna go around the table and talk but everyone's pick for best fighting game this year is super smash brothers ultimate correct
4: absolutely
3: correct
0: yes <laughs> no i'm gonna go with soul caliber <laughs>
2: which i didn't play it's been several generations is that one is it ps4
1: exclusive no it's across console and pc as well
0: in fact had I known Carl if I knew you had it on PS4 I would have bought it on PS4 and then Doug would have it for free so it's my bad I bought it on Xbox
1: see the first mistake is buying anything on Xbox
0: (laughs) (laughs) no you you have to understand all of my friends (laughs) play it on Xbox not that I don't love PS4 but really the PS4 is my exclusives machine just like my Switches that's fair
1: no that's the thing yeah you you play those when you want good core games my uh, my, my one thing about Soul Calibur 6 I bought it immediately I bought like the whole metal box that talks when you push the button. Like, I'm a Soul Calibur junkie, largely because of the creative character. And it's a phenomenal game. My, my main complaints to Soul Calibur six, which is why Smash Bros. Is, is just a league above even this great game, is it didn't feel like it brought a lot new to, this, to the franchise. I felt like I was playing this part five again with just a more elaborate story mode, but I still lost some stuff. There's a lot of reading in that game.
4: There's a, There's a of lot reading. of reading. Like, I
1: felt like in the story mode, I read for 10 minutes, I fight for a minute and 30 seconds, and then I read for 10 minutes. And that's kind of the, the story mode. And again, if you're in the mood for that, that's great. But one thing I liked about Soul Calibur 4 was they had cutscenes with your created characters in them that were amazing. They were amazing, and so like to have, to get like this new generation age of storytelling games and then have it be kind of limited to largely text based storytelling was just an interesting shock for me uh, where I felt like uh, when a game like Smash Bros, it was the same formula with a whole bunch of new stuff that's what kept now have you separated. played
0: the I'm going to call it the timeline yeah mode. that does have full cutscenes in it yeah, but I know what you're saying the map mode yeah it's a ton of. Because hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey. <laughs> I'm not reading all that shit. No, it's I'm, a I'm lot. there for the action, right? Exactly. I'm there bump my character up.
1: And and again, just kind of this Smash Bros. is a fighting game that lets you do a match that might last 10 minutes or a match that does last 35 seconds, depending on how you set your settings. Soul Calibur has always been that game where it's a someone wins in about a minute 30. And that's it's accessible highly, but it's not a lot of like, you know, you don't get into it. You don't get into the strategy as much as often, I feel.
0: Soul Calibur has the best narrator in the history of video games, Always.
1: That's why I got the box that when you push the button, he talks to you.
0: Let's talk a little bit about Smash, though. I still feel like Smash is an onion that I've only half-peeled. There's layers of the game coming off. Last night, I went into single-player mode on the airplane and played through with Simon Belmont. And you fight Dracula that turns into the monster from Castlevania 1 at the end. Does everyone have a boss? All 72 characters have their own boss. Okay. No,
1: yeah, they do have a group of bosses, and basically they'll split some up uh, depending on the type of character. Some will just fight Master Hand if they didn't have a good boss to include, or Master Hand and Crazy Hand, depending. Uh, But yeah, yeah. Uh, but they did include as many iconic bosses as possible. Where they where it comes into a struggle is that they have a lot of iconic bosses playable in this game. And so like Mario does play Giga Bowser and stuff, but you know, yeah, not everyone has it, but what that's what makes it almost more exciting is finding which characters do have that boss that pops up for them.
0: I think Smash is one of the first fighting games I would recommend to someone that never wants to play against another human, and there are people out there that are either intimidated to Okay, yeah, Rebecca, or that don't want to play against other people. But I've sunk thirty hours into the world of light mode myself, and I do play competitive a little bit, right? But have you found that?
4: So I, I've done a lot of just like, just setting up different styles of matches against CPU, mostly to practice fighting this one
3: (laughs) that was that
4: was (laughs) that was like literally my whole goal is like get smashed to play with Carl and that's pretty much it um so I actually haven't done any of like the the spirit board mode any any of that yet I I did do the I don't remember what it's called the classic mode a little bit, and that was really fun. Trying to get your difficulty rating up as high as possible was a really neat challenge. But I haven't done any just like online against randos. None of
0: that. I recommend World of Light. I think it's frustrating, and some of my complaints about the game are surround World of Light but I think it's a way to to play through the game as single player. You can also unlock all of the characters that way or at least most of them, correct?
2: If she's just been playing against him, then she's already familiar with frustrating because I can't imagine anything <laughs> more masochistic than just playing against Carl all the
0: time. Let's give Carl credit where credit to due. Uh, we did have the Bitface Christmas party and Carl left here as champion of Smash Brothers. And I would argue that Tyler and Toma are, are pretty good players. I would mm-hmm. never put oh, myself absolutely. in that category. Doug, I'd put you better than me but
2: I'm a button masher
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm still figuring the game out there's still stuff that happened on the trip that I was like wait a minute why haven't we been playing with assist trophies what kind of what kind of rules have we been playing with here I would have done the Bitface Christmas party rules completely differently now that I know what I'm doing not to take anything away from your victory no, in fact it came absolutely. down to me and you at least three times and it you sure beat did. me handily so mad props so yeah I, th- <laughs> I think we have to give Carl props that he walked into a party and, and did you take a loss
1: I lost the first five pack one uh,
3: that we did, but that was it. After that, I think in World Light you can actually unlock every character, but don't ruin because it it seems like you can only unlock like half of them at first. Exactly right. Yeah, it doesn't
1: feel like. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you can. There's options, and again, but even even when you run through the whole thing, if you're not playing it as a puzzle-solving, open-minded game, you'll miss whole wings of characters whole you know you got to play the game like a puzzle and it's that's the fun part about it
2: one tip i would give to the listeners that i didn't figure out until much too late is that you play play a few puzzle pieces and then back out to the main menu and you'll get a a challenger
1: yeah fastest Uh, way to unlock is that exact i wish someone would have told me
2: that sooner If, if that's your goal you know it there is uh something to be said about having the entire stable available when you're going to play particularly with like A group of people but uh yeah but if if you're just now picking up the title definitely play through the storyline but back out of it every 10 to 15 minutes for a new challenger
3: the fastest way to unlock is to play one 10 minute match (laughs) complete it fight the challenger exit the game close the software go back in start a one stock match jump off the match and you'll automatically get another challenger yeah no that's the that's that is the fastest but i do want to say like you start the game with what seven characters eight characters
1: and at first you're like man i wanted you know i wanted to bring this out for a party like we got seven characters to share but the process of unlocking was one of the most fun things i did in gaming of the year Unlocking these characters was a joy, even including the fact that like the ones I wanted were like always the last three. Like The last three were like, these are the ones I wanted to play since the start. Didn't get in the way of how fun it was to unlock characters.
0: I still don't have them all. And I, Toma and Tyler taught me about this terrible, glitchy, <laughs> Zangiefy, horrible way to play the <laughs> video game. And I was like, why would you, half the fun for me is earning right. the characters. I don't want to sit there and and just have everything handed to me like some millennial. I want to actually get out there and, and play. And how in the hell are you going to learn if you don't do that? And that was not a knock on you. Remember. No, I, hope I know. You know where not. That was directed. Okay.
3: Now, let me make this known. I did unlock all of the characters the right way. I unlocked them all through World of Light and backing out every, you know, 10 minutes or so to get a challenger. Has so- Dark
0: Pit gotten tuberculosis yet? Thank you. <laughs>
3: But anyway, yeah. So so World of Light's awesome. The game has a ton of modes. Yeah, and I'm definitely
4: going to get started on that any minute now. But yeah, I basically, so this was, I had never really played Smash before, like any of them, and I just didn't want to embarrass myself. I did all right against Carl.
0: I think you would do all right against all of us. I think you and I, I don't like playing heads up, but Rebecca, you and I would be a very fair match. Yeah, I think so. We'll have to do that before you take off today, if you've got time.
3: Carl, did you bring your adapter?
0: I sh- Always, Good. everywhere. <laughs> All right. There might be some Smash going on today. I want to get to the other categories before I do that, yeah. though. One of my favorite moments in gaming did happen in Smash this year, the Street Fighter map. And...
1: I- in- world of light as a fan oh
0: dude i i got so happy when i saw that i was like oh and it's gonna have the little plane that's gonna go between the planes. same oh, my sound God. effects
1: like there's little things like that through the whole game like how when simon catches you in his rapid a you, it's the old konami sound effects so, like it's you it's everything is there you feel it they bring you back the and that's fact easy that they to
0: yeah, the fact that they added, Simon, the fact that there is a Castlevania map. I'm a big Castlevania fan, so I'm I'm all about it. And it is the greatest piece of fan service this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. There's no game. If you're a Nintendo fan, you owe it to yourself to pick up Super Smash Bros. Not only as a fighting game, because let's be honest, that's what it is as a game in general. Sports game. This should be real quick. For me, there's no other game this year than Forza Horizon 4. It was the best sports racing title.
3: I can't wait to go back and play Forza Horizon 4 again a lot more because there's so much stuff every week. They were giving us new cars every week. It was changing seasons. It was different ways to drive. It was so fun and I can't, yeah, I can't wait to go race again.
0: The seasonal aspect of the game, you didn't think that that would be a game changer, but it really does change the game because not only can you show up at any race and make any race you want, any distance you want with any car that you want, every week it's either winter and things can be done in the winter that can't be done in the spring. So it's changing as you're playing. It keeps you completely connected to a world that you can participate in or you don't have to participate in it at all. If you are not a fan of like the Gran Turismo, the realistic racing games, or even regular Forza, like Forza Seven that came out, and you want a more arcadey racing experience, which is what I look for, there is no better racing game this year or sports game. I did play Madden. I know everyone out there laughing, like, yeah, you didn't play any sports games. No, I did play Madden this year, and I thought it was terrible. Pick up Forza Horizon Four.
2: I, I tried it at your recommendation. I put an hour into the game. It's just not my bag. Um, although, to be fair, like the most involved I get in racing is probably Kart, because uh, that is, to racing games, what uh, Smash is to, to fighting games. It's just it's it's so much fun. I, I didn't find fours of fun, um, but I'm not going to bag on your selection, because I know a lot of people really like this game. I really wish I had something else to add to this thread, but I really don't.
1: Yeah, no, that's another gap because again, like I've I've played Madden's in the past just because any game with create a character I will play, and if I get to create me in the game, fantastic. I don't care what facet it is. Um, I've never been a again outside of the carts, outside of an extra element to the racing fan of racing games either, and that's why uh, I would still probably just at your, at trusting you vote for Forza, but I really wished I could vote for Mario Tennis. That's the game I wanted to vote for this category. Well, You can. But it's not worth it. It was not. It did not earn it. And it really breaks my heart because it's a fun game. And they're doing more and more with it with releases and new modes. And But there was something just something simple about back playing it on the GameCube with having to be able to keep track of which characters have won which cups. There's not even cups in this Uh, Game And so that it felt so shallow. The story mode is actually a lot of fun and extraordinarily well written. I feel there's something very great about writing for a game that does tongue in cheek self-awareness. Like you keep running into guys. And at first it's like, we're doing a tennis match to settle this. And like halfway through the game, you see a shaggy's is like, we can fight, or I don't know. I guess tennis is the thing right now. Let's do tennis. Like they're very (laughs) self-aware that the only way to solve problems is a tennis match. (laughs) Um, and so I adore that, but just that, I think the disappointment factor of just how shallow it turned out to be like I can't sit and just play it for hours and hours and go back the next day uh, means it's not it's not worth the vote so
0: I mean, a I lot of crappy tennis games this year in fact were. the other two that came out that were actually sponsored tennis games I was looking forward to both of them mm-hmm. and they both got such bad reviews that I figured Mario Tennis would be the savior that they have it's not a world of light mode but you're right the story mode is very similar to that where you have a game board that you yeah kind of move around but I'm, I'm with you Mario Tennis didn't hold my interest yeah let's go with the game that you're most excited about for next year and good god we have a lot of stuff coming out i know there's one obvious one that's probably going to win this but i'm going to go ahead and throw out Sekiro: shadows die twice can't wait to see from software who made a lot of mech warrior games but from software's next title they're also known for a little series called dark souls and bloodborne so this is supposedly taking that to the next level this looks like more of a tenshu style game yeah i don't know what's going on there chairman of the soundboards but something is not correct that was really awkward Uh, so i'm gonna vote for that but i know everyone else is gonna vote for some other title that's coming out at the end of january
1: there's so many amazing games coming out in 2019 like this is the hardest category to even think of um i'm now excited about things like kingdom hearts 3 because (gasps) rebecca has tipped me off i've started playing that um and even just catching up on it, it's amazing but my one that i don't think anyone else is gonna pick luigi's mansion 3 I cannot wait for this game. That one made my runner-up list. Fantastic, Doug. <laughs> Great minds. No, like, the original Luigi's Mansion was one of the most unique gaming experiences I had ever had. There was It was the most fun with a repetitive mechanic I had ever had because the mechanic was so good. And... Nintendo is I mean Mario tends to aside just hitting home runs, like and when you when you're when they've taken as much time on a game like this as they have, they did not rush it, they didn't try to make a deadline. This is the game I've wanted to play for a long time. and so again, this game on the switch with h d. Rumble with some of the greatest peripherals ever. uh Luigi's Mansion Three is totally my pick.
2: It seems like 2019 is the year of third entries into a franchise which we've been waiting for for a really, really long, long
0: time. yeah. Half-Life 3, Portal 3. Oh, no, they're not coming out, are they?
3: Oh. <laughs> no. I- I'm sorry. Valve can't count to three.
0: <laughs> Left
2: 4 Dead 3. Oof. Crackdown 3 is, like, another one that I think uh, stands out. But uh, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom
4: Hearts. Yeah,
3: Kingdom Hearts.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
4: I've been... Like, he's never really, like, sat down and played through it. He's played bits of pieces here and there. So I actually gave him my copy of um, 1.5 and 2.5 and we've been sitting down and it's been nice because (laughs) there's so much to get through like because that has you know recoded and chain of memories and all of those side games on it so I've been kind of like backseat gaming a little bit which I feel a little bad about but (laughs) there's so much to get through that I'm I'm at least telling him like no if you go over there you're going to be wasting a lot of time trying to figure out where you're supposed to go so yeah Kingdom Hearts 3 especially so I played a lot of Final Fantasy 15. wasn't crazy about the world or the story, but I loved the combat mechanics. And I found out that the same team that did that combat is doing Kingdom Hearts combat. So excited about that.
2: Ooh, that, that is exciting. That might be the very first gaming conversation that you and I ever had. I remember we were uh, recording at your house mm-hmm. that day and, and you were showing us Final Fantasy
4: 15. Yeah, yeah. Good and memory. that
3: yeah that's why I think they said initially cuz the team was split between finishing 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 and that's right. why it took so long to get King- well not the only reason right. there's many reasons it but took so long to Yeah get that yeah that
4: is definitely one of the reasons yeah once 15 was done they were able to bring back that team
3: Yeah well I am excited I think 2019 is going to be insane for gaming Sekiro is going to be crazy but hands down, I mean, I'm looking at the calendar right now like, oh, my God, it's so much closer than I thought. Mm-hmm. It's coming out so soon. Mm-hmm. I, think there's,
0: I can't name one right now, but there's like 15 major releases in February. And I'm not thinking of any of them right now. That's how fried my brain is. But there are a ton of games coming out early year next year. Crackdown's February, isn't it? Crackdown is February. In fact, if you are an Xbox uh, Game Pass member, you can already have Crackdown downloaded if you want. I already have it on my system.
3: Well, I'm about to go download that. And speaking of Xbox exclusives,
2: that's another one that made my list for 2019. Ori Ori and the Will of the Wisps is going to be fantastic. Um, I feel bad for... uh, Anyone that doesn't play on an Xbox because it—it's absolutely a title that you would love. i, I promise you, punishing platforming. I, I went back and have started playing through the first one. Uh, Nick and I are also playing through the uh, the Kingdom Hearts. Uh, what is the what is the set that I got? I asked you guys a story so far. Story yeah. so far, yeah. And it's—I uh, forgot because she's playing it. I have to play it too because you know there, there's no way around that. Right. But um, uh, I'd forgotten how how
4: um, yeah.
2: How much not only gaming has changed since then because it's weird looking at the original Kingdom Hearts right. but it's still it's still really enjoyable it and is yeah, they, they don't get to where they they are now without the that groundwork that they've been laying for a long time in, in all of those franchises. Um, and the last one, again, in the vein of console exclusives is the uh, in the vein no um, more heroes on the uh switch we get the switch entry in 2019 and that just looks fantastic i have not played the first two games but i've seen so much gameplay that i i'm excited for this uh what is it travis strikes again
3: yeah i i mean there's so many that we're not even probably thinking of like ghost of tsushima i think is coming out does that have a solid date uh, i don't know
0: i i'm not gonna name left for dead 2 not left for dead um what am i thinking of
3: I'm not sure.
0: The zombie title on PlayStation, yeah. Naughty Dog, The Last of Us 2. Last of oh, us I'm yeah. not going to name that said. because I'm going to predict it's not going to come out I don't in think 2019. It's
1: happening. What I do, what is supposed to and I'm like the most cautiously optimistic for is uh was it Cyberpunk 2077? 20 that,
0: yeah. tw- I don't think that's going to come out either but maybe.
1: I'm that's the thing. I'm I'm really hoping so, but there's also that part of me that's like maybe we can wait cuz we don't get nice Cyberpunk stuff. Like that never happens. We get something sold really cool and then we get it and never been that great but i'm hoping this is
3: the one i agree i love the like cyberpunk aesthetic Mm -hmm. it's it's one of my favorites for sure we're also getting code Vein, yes which should be really cool right up eric's style because it is the dark souls style Mm -hmm.
0: before we move to the next category i also want to mention i'm the only one that's excited but we're getting session next year oh and I, yeah. I can't wait to actually get to play a skateboarding game. We used to get a good golf game and a good skateboarding game every single year, and we don't get a good golf game at all anymore. And we definitely have a good, haven't had a good skateboarding game besides Ollie Ollie, and even that wasn't what I wanted. It's a great game, but I want a good 3D skateboarding title. So Session should come out on the Xbox Game Preview Program, I believe, in April, and full release in September.
2: So, also before you move on, I feel like we need to give the award to a game for Most oh, Anticipated already, 2019.
0: Kingdom Hearts are <laughs> yeah. won, correct? K- Kingdom
3: Hearts receives the Bitface Game of the Year Award for okay. most, anticipated most Anticipated I just wanted to hear you say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you made him say it, because I didn't want to.
3: <laughs> I don't mind saying it, and I will say it as much as we need to, because I'm so excited. Are, you're not planning on playing this one? Wow.
2: The, the first big title of, of 2019, and, and Eric is, is uh, throwing
0: the hard pass. I threw a hard pass on Persona 5 last year. I don't care. And it would be really cool if you could switch out Goofy and Donald for somebody that I want to play with. Zero desire.
3: I mean, you can switch them out for different Disney characters throughout the game.
0: I don't love Disney as much as everybody else does. I grew up in a house with two sisters. I do not think it's that great and it's probably because The Little Mermaid was on every day for a year. Beauty and the Beast, the same. I don't think Disney is that awesome. Now, if you want to talk about Wreck-It Ralph... I'm just
2: going to stop you right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to include Marvel or Star Wars, because that's not Disney. I'm talking about Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and it's not that cool to me. And I know I'm in the minority.
3: I'm going to allow Doug to stop you right there.
2: (laughs) I mean, God, even if you just focused on the music alone you could make a case for disney the classic disney movies the one leading up to the original kingdom hearts games as being an unignorable
3: entity but but we are gonna get some really cool stuff because we are gonna get big hero six yes mm-hmm. wreck it ralph we are getting a lot of the more... pirates of the caribbean right yeah Toy Story, yeah, oh yeah, Toy Story. Yeah, toy we're getting story a lot story. of the more, you know, the more relevant, like Disney movies, into the newest King, and I'm, I'm stoked for that.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I <laughs> the music is, is what takes me away from it. That's not a selling point for me. I hate all that stuff. Oh my god, I don't like musicals. Who hurt you? <laughs> no one hurt me. You just, you if you grow up with it in your face every day,
2: you, dude. I raised kids on Disney don't don't tell me about having it in my face every day but it's you you can't I don't feel like categorically dismiss it you can say I don't like this movie or I don't like that movie but you can't sweep aside Aladdin and the Lion King in the same breath as uh, the princess and the frog or whatever that other movie was which I didn't care for as much it's just it's it's insulting almost
0: (laughs) Eric (laughs) I'm sorry that you're insulted but the Lion King is just Star Wars with lions I'm not insulted
1: it does hearing someone say I don't like Disney is hearing someone like someone say I don't like music yeah I just don't like music music as a whole (laughs) don't like it I'm sorry I'm not a fan guys (laughs) alright we won't belabor that point I'm not trying to make you feel bad it's just it
2: shocks me because I know how how wide your appreciation is for so many other things
0: in pop culture just not that okay That's fair. Yeah, and if I see the game and it looks amazing, great. I might play it. But getting me into something that has like twelve chapters beforehand—that makes me want to play it less. Uh, And one point seven five and two point eight point nine two dark version. And like, I mean, (laughs) really, there's two games you need to play, right? And that's the thing.
4: Like, I'm making him play through one and two, and then if we have time, we might go back and do some of the others. But
3: you've got to do all the others they're so necessary oh, we don't have time though no
4: you do have time have, no we don't have time S- S- well, says the guy like- that can't
0: finish red dead redemption <laughs> chew in three fucking months
4: well like i haven't even played birth by sleep yet because that was a psp exclusive i just now have it on the like i said 1.5 and 2.5 that that's I have.
3: that's absolutely necessary to that
4: play. is one that i'm gonna get through before three comes out but i'm not gonna make him do it
3: you need to i believe in you carl I believe in you.
0: I also remember Kingdom Hearts 1, Eli throwing a controller because the gummy ship was the most frustrating thing in the world to control. I ain't going to
2: lie. The gummy ship is... um, Now, Tyler swears it's the best mechanics in gaming. No, 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 no. I didn't say the best
3: mechanics in gaming,
2: but I said it's fun. It's really fun. uh, it's, It's abruptly different from what you were doing 30 seconds before is the best way that I can describe it
1: yeah no get having gotten to play it without having had like the old experience to it there's a lot of like no no, don't fly into that like the first two times you do something like what is an obstacle and what isn't yeah no with, I'm,
2: I'm clearing that ring no yeah, i'm not clearing that exactly ring.
1: <laughs> but once it like once you get the mechanic i feel like like cause like i i feel the best training i had for flying the gummy ship was the smash bros ultimate credits <laughs> for the classic mode like I was so happy when yeah. that
0: came up, and I was getting gifts as I was shooting stuff. Yeah. I was like this is best We, part pretty, of we the did year. do a spoiler
2: alert. That I thought that was a pretty big one, but uh, that's oh. okay. Oops, sorry. Spoiler <laughs> no, that's our. <laughs> that's
0: that's the. That, that stuff, takes classic mode. an hour, like at most, to get to it, right. Seriously,
3: like 30, 40 minutes to get through classic mode. Yeah, I didn't do that
2: until this week. It was, as a matter of fact, because I was playing well, other parts of the game. Well, that's the thing.
1: And that's the other thing that, that actually we shouldn't talk about Smash Bros. anymore. But yeah, great thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to best indie game. Uh, and these last three categories are all On Bitfaced. So, Bitfaced kind of decided these for us, but I think there's some really good discussion, especially around this category. There was a lot of good independent games. It was
4: the year for indie games, especially because um, with the Switch coming out and with Nintendo being so pro indie game and so many people developing their games for the Switch, you know, we're seeing so much more support for indie games this year than ever before. And so, there were some really great ones. There's one that I want to talk about. From a company actually based in Boulder, which is really cool. The King's Bird, um, really fun, like very Journey-esque. If any of you guys have played Journey, side-scrolling platformer game, and it's gorgeous. It, the artwork is absolutely stunning. Um, they they worked really really hard on this game, and it shows. I've only just barely dipped my toes into it, but is it I'm on really, the Switch? Um, it's on PC. PC, okay. yeah.
3: Well, I would like to say that I agreed hands down with what uh, what won in online. Dead Cells was, for me, the best indie game that came out this year. It was fast-paced, the mechanics were phenomenal, beating it was really rewarding because it is hard. So that, for me, was the best indie game this year. Dead Cells competes for best game of the year to me like
1: so when that's happening it absolutely gets the category for best indie but it was an, a phenomenal year for indie games there's so much we could do a whole podcast just on the indie games of 2018 and uh and i do think the switch gets a lot of credit because not only is nintendo embracing it but there's also it's also a mechanic that the developers are excited to work on and the popularity of the system alone has a lot of cool things happening but um Rebecca's always been my source, also for like indie games, and I put this up on the poll just because Dead Cells wins, and I knew it was going to win. It deserves to win. But Donut County is a wonderful, relaxing puzzle solver, and I don't—I don't think relaxing games get enough credit these days because there's so much emphasis on difficult and stress, which is fun and rewarding. But every once in a while, if I'm gaming, I don't—if I'm—if I've got a stressful life. I don't want to get stressed out when I'm gaming. And so I have a whole folder on my PS4 just relaxing games. And now Donut County is absolutely in that and a very, very fun game.
2: Is that the, uh, are you playing that on PS4?
1: Yeah, PS4 and the Switch, because I really liked it.
2: That's uh, one thing I wanted to add, because I agree, Dead Cells is the, the indie game of the year. Um, if I didn't know it for myself, the fact I can always use my wife as a measuring stick, if she's playing it, it means it's good, because she she doesn't have time for shitty games. I mean, it takes her all of, 60 seconds to decide if, if something's worth their time or not but uh, uh, I, I think another thing that uh, the the Switch is making us aware of is that you can make a game that's fun to play up on the big screen with your your pro controller and it's equally fun but in a slightly different way to have it on the go on a small screen and that can't be an easy thing to do to make a game work on both the big and small small screen i make an assumption but it just it seems very
1: challenging no because uh, if it's a vast game it can feel condensed on the small screen or busy or hard to play because of that or if it's a small game that works portable i mean you we, you could throw your PS Vita games up on a big screen and it really hurt almost visually and so yeah that's exactly right that double layer seamlessly working is really doing a lot for gaming
0: i think celeste deserves a mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celeste was nominated on the Game Awards for Game of the Year, and Dead Cells wasn't. So I think we have to put it out there. I will say, though, it's challenging as hell. Guys, I'm a platform guy. Love platformers. That's pretty much not all I play, but I'd say that's the genre I'm the best at. Celeste deserves a mention. A Robot Named Fight on the Switch deserves Mm -hmm. a mention. I don't think a lot of people played that, and I thought that was really good. And The Messenger on the Switch, bringing up a good Mm -hmm. indie title that's just available on the Switch. If you're a fan of Ninja Gaiden, The Messenger's phenomenal. Highly recommend picking it up. It's only 15 bucks. Yeah, Dead Cells for me is the best game of the year.
2: Do we owe Binding of Isaac for these procedurally generated one-run titles where it's kind of a throwback to some uh, 80s title or some older title that's done in a a fresh way? I mean, because Isaac and Dead Cells and uh, what's the 2020 title? Or 20XX?
0: 20 oh, XX. Twenty
2: XX, yeah. Those are those are all based on very classic properties and they're they're all in that same kind of Well you guys know what I'm talking about. What's it yeah. called? There, there's a name for it. Roguelike. That, roguelike? Is that is that yeah.
0: Roguelike is a game that when you finish it, you're done and you start fresh. And I think Isaac, Dead Cells, everything you just mentioned there has that aspect to it. But where you also have some level of progression. So your first run is always going to be your worst run, hands down, because you don't have all of the items unlocked. But uh, in Dead Cells, for example, you get the ability to get different items. You get the ability to get different powers. Mm -hmm. You get the ability to have better item quality drop, and that's what makes your runs better. Is Isaac the first roguelike game? I think Tyler's going to tell me no. It's probably something on PC that we never played, and I I think he's he's correct. But is Isaac one of the first really recognized ones? I'd say yeah, so. like yeah. the barrier breaker.
1: Well, to show and to show that you make profit on it. Like all of a sudden, game companies have realized you don't have to invest exclusively in forty plus hour play games. You know, uh, storyboards or elaborate things. All of a sudden, you can put together a really good shorter gaming experience and make bank on it because there's still a market for that and that market had kind of been forgotten in console gaming until isaac i feel
0: there were and this is a completely different tangent i'm just going to say it real quick there's a lot of games and a lot of high profile titles in 2018 that lost a shit ton of money we might never see another tomb raider game guys i hate to tell you that we are it bombed fallout Seventy six. Last time I checked, I think on the last podcast, 80% down. Now it's 90% over what Fallout 4 has sold. I mean, Fallout 76 went on sale two days after it Mm -hmm. launched. That tells you something is a steaming pile of shit. I think we're going towards, hey, we can get five people. I mean, Celeste was made by a team of six people Mm -hmm. or seven people. They were all up on stage together. We can get a creative group of people to make something and charge $20 for it and sell tons of them. Yeah, we are definitely going to see a shift away from the AAA title. Then I mean, There are games like The Third Dark Siders and Just Cause 4 and Hitman 2 that completely bombed because they all came out at the same time and everybody was playing Smash, no one had finished Red Dead yet, and everyone yep. was catching up on God of War.
3: I'm going to be honest, I really wanted to play The Third Darksiders, but I didn't even know it came out.
0: <laughs> right. Well, it was I... December, wasn't it? Or very very end of November. Very end of November I
1: think is what it was. Well, that's the thing, and we're, we're now in this mode now where if you're on the switch store you're on the playstation store the the deal games that are now four dollars because they're down from 12.99 are phenomenal games yeah. and so if i if i'm filled up with my limited time already playing these phenomenal you know roguelike games i'm not going to pick up darksiders 3 i just don't have the time it does not matter to me and i'm not going to drop 60 bucks when i'm literally getting for that same price 12 games about that i'm playing almost non-stop
0: already And BitFaced all agreed with us, like you said, Dead Cells, hands down. If you guys are into roguelike titles, it is a Metroidvania roguelike game. That is exactly what it is. And to Tyler's point, it is very hard. But Tyler's got some really good strategy on the BitFaced website you guys can check out. It helped Nils out a lot. In fact, Nils first tried his next run after reading what Tyler wrote. So, mad props there. I did not... (laughs) <laughs> I, I went through like five runs and died, but they were all enjoyable runs and when you get up to it, a dead cells run will take you an hour. it's it's an hour start to finish. There's no At bullshitting least. that. yeah if you really want to concentrate on it, so I recommend I think dead cells if it's not 1999, it's 15.99 it is on all three systems. Pick it up and you guys both really liked it uh, and I think you did too, Carl on the go. You guys like it on your switch, correct?
3: In fact, I don't even play it on the big screen normally. I play it handheld on my Switch, no matter where I'm at. I could be sitting 10 feet from the dock, and I'll lay on the couch sideways and play it handheld mode. That game is the reason I now have three Switches in one house.
2: And I bought it on the Xbox. So I bought it on the Xbox so that Nikki and I could be playing it at the
0: same time, and finally I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go get her Switch. (laughs) Nice. Let's go with a category that I... I love a lot, and I'm glad that we have it. And I don't see it in a lot of award shows, but what let you down the most this year? What was the most, we're going to call it the DOTY disappointing <laughs> game of the year, disappointment of the year? I have to, with all the hype. And the first game that I ever did the Xbox preview program for were, hey, guys, I know you don't have a finished title, but I'm going to give you 40 bucks because, man, the art style looks crazy. And, dude, that music looks awesome. And, man, that looks like Bioshock in Great Britain. I cannot wait to play We Happy Few, and I have never been more bored with a title in my entire life. The combat is terrible. The storytelling is terrible. There's three characters you can play through. I made it halfway through the first character before. It's like, well... I've got Dead Cells to play. I've got Red Dead coming out. I have no interest in playing this game anymore. I was completely let down by We Happy Few. There's my vote for the most disappointing game of 2018.
3: I want you guys to go around this way because I'll read off what ended up getting the award based off online uh, last.
4: That's a tough one for me because a lot of people... Like if if I had had high hopes for it, I think Fallout 76 would have been mine because I'm I'm such a fan of the Fallout franchise. Like it it's just really like it's it it's up there with Elder Scrolls for me, like neck and neck. But
0: you didn't buy it.
4: I did not buy it. And beca- I didn't buy it. Because and the reason I didn't buy it is because it just didn't make sense to me. Like the whole reason you play a Fallout game is to be the lone wandering survivor. And to have a game like that in MMO format, I've just been confused ever since they announced it. It wasn't like Elder Scrolls Online, where it makes sense that you'd see other adventurers running around. And that makes me sad because I do kind of enjoy the mechanic of no NPCs and and we're going to let you know the economy figure itself out and everything like that like i think that's really interesting but i feel like it was done so poorly with 76 that it'll be a long time before we see that again
0: i have heard that it does not run on a regular xbox one or a non-pro ps4 that it is unplayable to the point where you can be on for 20 minutes and it kicks you out like and i've seen videos of this so you're a huge fan of bethesda I'm a huge fan of Fallout. Neither one of us purchased the game. That is a fucking problem. That That's is, a problem. That is.
4: I, I'm usually... Um, there's very few games that I buy release day, but every Bethesda title has been on there so far, and this was not...
1: I was kind of in the same boat because like early trailers of this game, like the first trailer dropped. I'm like, Oh man, Oh man. Oh no. Like literally that was the trailer arc for me when I, when it was revealed as an MMO, because I do like elder Scrolls online more than most. And even I will tell you, there's a, litany of issues with that game and so i definitely didn't finish that going i hope bethesda tackles some more mmo because i'm sure they've learned something by now i literally never had that thought and then this came about so it would be my disappointing game of the year but i just never had an expectation there was no disappointment to be had i didn't buy it i'm the same boat i've bought now almost nine copies of skyrim because i love this company i love this franchise i'll keep doing it between you and rebecca
0: you funded fallout 76 that's exactly (laughs) right
1: you're welcome um no it's so true and so that so uh so that's a bummer what i would have to say i I really was going to make a rule not to put a nintendo game on this because it's been the year of the switch to me it's been the year of the switch but uh mario tennis is it because i had that it was the only game that went from high expectation to low performance and again as a game not bad fun party game it's a good casual pickup but it's just not the sport mario game that i've come to know and love i mean just like even the gamecube version hands this game's ass to itself like it's it just was a step back and that's so rare right now you could tell that there were so many pots and so many cooks and so many kitchens that mario tennis just kind of slid under the radar a little bit and so that's that's my vote for disappointment of the year
2: my mine is uh very similar to yours it's a game that i played and and really enjoyed and ultimately there was just something missing from it that that made it i i felt like truly enjoyable and it was the uh, shadow of the tomb raider game it had i can't tell you exactly what's wrong with it uh i i finished the game i i 100 percented some of the collectibles which is stupid (laughs) for, for something because the whole time i and i think i was telling you eric i'm like i I don't know what it is, what I like about this game. I couldn't even tell you, you know, how I was enjoying it or or not enjoying it. And I guess that's what I'm having difficulty articulating now is, you know, why it was so disappointing, but it absolutely was. It did not feel like the closing chapter of a trilogy should.
0: It had a great moment, though, that I'd put top ten. The scene where Lyra comes out of the water, the red and black, at night after she thinks her best friend is dead. It was a great moment for her. I'm with you, though. Was it as good as the first two? No. The good thing is, is because Doug and I game share, he didn't have to fucking pay for it. so That's true. And you did play more than I did. Uh, I wouldn't say I was super disappointed by it. I It was kind of what I expected it to be. Did I want it to be more? Sure. But did it let me down as much as We Happy Few or what I think Tyler's going to mention next? No. Not, not at all it was a serviceable I do not regret spending 60 bucks on it it was a, a like Futterman would say it was a birthday title I got it for my birthday yeah, so but it could
2: have been so much better
0: it could have been it, and again it failed so hard I don't think we see Lara Croft I see I think we see another reboot in like five years on the next gen of consoles it did not do good financially guys at all down 60%, I think, from the other two games. Oh, wow.
2: I didn't know that.
0: I did a lot of research last night on the finances because I wanted to see kind of what ended up making a lot of money this year. Obviously, Red Dead made a ton, and so did Super Smash Brothers. I think uh, Super Smash, Mario Odyssey, and Zelda. of people that own a Switch have one of those three Mm -hmm. titles, or maybe it was even higher than that. I think it's like 70%. Is it 70%? Yeah, it was. whatever it was, it was amazing. I was like, that's an incredible testament to Nintendo. Well, the
1: Switch has like four of the top five selling games on Amazon with Mario Party, Smash, Zelda, and uh, uh, Odyssey. Like, it's just, that's what
3: the masses are going for. So, my pick for disappointment of the year would have been See it thieves because i expected this crazy awesome like fulfilling like pirate adventure game riding out on the seas with your friends having these massive parties and fleets and ships and things and there just was very little to do in the game now it was fun i'll admit eric and myself and toma and a few other people we had a lot of fun a couple drunken nights nerd, nerd
0: cubed we actually got tim who has a newborn baby yeah. to play with us one night it brought us all together for a weekend like no other game did this year but after that weekend i felt like i was putting the cap on top of the keg like all right it's over boys like, <laughs> <That was tough. laughs> let's move on to it let's move on to the next party <laughs>
3: uh so what actually ended up winning is going to be a tie Uh, between Sea of Thieves and Fallout 76. So do we break the tie?
0: I think we have to give it to... Well, you guys both voted for 76, correct? No, he voted for Mario Tennis. tennis.
3: So I will go of those two Sea of Thieves. Because that that promised more from the start than I got. And then I want to point out real quick while we're here on the air, because I think this was on the air last year, December 15th of 2017, Eric said Sea of Thieves will be in the top 10 games next year. Well, the good
0: thing is is we didn't do a top 10, so I didn't technically lose a bet. (laughs) Well... It wasn't yeah. even a bet. I
2: just wanted it to make sure top 10 for me <laughs> just though. in the context of this conversation though, because I'm I'm leaning towards Sea of Thieves too. if I'm casting a vote and it is expectations and if I know it was in Eric's top 10 and where it ended up then yeah, that that's fucking that's a disappointing title.
0: I'm going to vote Sea of Thieves too because I will argue whether the people there that voted they played Sea of Thieves, they did not play Fallout 76. Very good point. Cuz I know some of them and I played with them. Like I think Zell. Uh, Shout out to him Played with us There's a lot of people On Bitface. uh, Mike the Quad A lot of people On Bitface Got together that one I I call it a weekend It was more like two weeks But uh, But still A lot of us got together And did play Sea of Thieves together So yeah I think we have to give The most disappointing game This year to Sea of Thieves And with a name like Rare And they're making (laughs) games again And they're not making uh, Avatars on the Xbox Rare's gonna make A video game
3: Rebecca looks like She's about to cry That's how
4: (laughs) No That's just That's absolutely it Like Um there were, I, um, Sea of Thieves wasn't necessarily on my radar, but everybody that I talked to that's a gamer, it was so highly anticipated. So, yeah, when it's expectations versus reality, Sea of Thieves has to. Well,
3: well that's what we'll give it to.
1: Yeah. Well, I would, cause like I would place, so if I did a history of gaming disappointing moments, Rare being sold by Nintendo is one of the top five, probably <laughs> disappointing gaming instances in the history of gaming. And so when they were back, it was that exact same thing. Like, Rare made game rare that game the company remember no
0: yeah I'd, I'd put that up there with my top five too not only rare not making games but microsoft buying rare not to make just to bind games them. yeah I, I didn't like that one bit well only one category left guys and i, I right. think it's a I wouldn't say an obvious winner this year it was a rough year but I, for me it came down to three games it came down to red dead redemption 2 god of war And Spider-Man would be my top three if we did do a top 10 with Forza and Dead Cells kind of creeping in there. I put Smash Brothers probably at six just because I have some issues with Smash that I'm not going to talk about now. But my pick for game of the year and it's close. But when it comes down to act six and everything coming together and in a movie, even a three hour movie, you have three hours to paint a picture Red Dead painted a 65 hour picture where you slept next to these people, you partied with these people, you saw their lives in and out of the game. Like Grand Theft Auto V, the game world felt like it existed even when I was not there. The music, the graphics, everything about Red Dead Redemption 2 is something you can look at and say, yeah, I can see why that took them nine years to make that. I can see why they put that in there. God of War has better controls. God of War is a lot less clunky than Red Dead. I'll put that right out there. Is if you want to if you want to play the best gaming experience of the year, it's probably God of War. If you're looking for action and adventure and things like that, if you want the best story of the year, and even though it is close, Red Dead Redemption 2 takes it for me. And just because of Act 6, Doug talked about the tuberculosis, the mission of the veterans were one of my favorite. There's also a mission where you meet a lady who's lost her husband and her relationship with Arthur is phenomenal. Uh, I'm going to bring up something that Matt Dawkins, our good friend, brought up. His favorite moment in Red Dead is when Marston throws on the clothes from Red Dead 1, and that's where he takes over the title, and I think that deserves talking about as well. But Red Dead Redemption 2, best game of 2018 for me.
3: I would have to go with, and because I haven't gotten to to Act 6 yet, although... (laughs) You know, I'm at the end. I assume of Act Four, so I'm I'm getting close. But now I know what happens. It's all right. I think it'll still hit me based I, on based on what you guys absolutely said. Absolutely, will it'll still hit me the same way? Especially because I'm just I'm so uh, I'm I'm so engrossed. When Arthur got caught by the O'Driscolls, I had that same feeling like, oh no, what's going on? He's he's getting killed, He's get, you know, and I thought there could be a whole switch there. So when that happens, it's still going to, I think it's still going to weigh on me. But in my, you know, uh, to me, the game that I would have given Game of the Year uh, would be God of War. And when I played this game, everything was phenomenal from the controls, the storytelling, the twist when Athena shows up and you get the... Uh, the Chaos Blades, but to me, playing this game as a single father, where it's just myself and Titus, and Titus is not quite the same age as Atreus, but close, it was really, really hard seeing, you know, some of the interactions between the two, and that just kind of, I don't know, it, it crushed me, but in such a loving and good way, so that's what I would give Game of the Year. You got through
0: that whole speech, and you didn't say, boy, once. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about how did you learn anything about disciplining your son from Kratos because he had a lot of good lessons, dude. Yes. So did the head. Oh, the head. Yeah. (laughs) The head was great. Which I'm going to argue the head is taken from Lollipop Chainsaw. The first head on a belt was Michael Rosenbaum and Lollipop Chainsaw. That mechanic, that's all I thought of when I played God of War was like, they took this from Lollipop. And
2: Tyler, I just... I'm sitting here realizing that I, I ruined, I spoiled the two best games of the year for you. Both of them. Both what of are them? you doing? I'm so sorry. <laughs> but to be fair, we knew there wasn't an Arthur Morgan in the original Red Dead, this one being a prequel. You knew he was going to go out. It was just a question of how.
3: I haven't played Red Dead Redemption 1.
2: Uh, neither did I. And I, uh, that's, uh, I think
0: that's why that the moment with Marston fell flat. I tell you what, play it, both of you. You told me not to. No, I, I'd say play it, uh, especially you. I'll play Kingdom Hearts.
3: Ooh, great. Do it. I will do this
0: for <laughs> Wait, everyone. Should he
3: play the first or second Kingdom Hearts? I'm going to go with
0: two. I don't know
3: about playing one, Rebecca. Should I? Rebecca, hold on. I'm playing it now. It's I'm having fun. It's amazing. I would put it as higher than two, especially because what they do with the characters. However, I know what you're about to say. the jumping mechanics and controls yeah. and... Eric is gonna put that game down in ten minutes. Yeah, no, you're
4: absolutely right. Like, I, I definitely said one out of, um, out of just knee jerk reaction. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think you will tolerate two much better than one.
2: Yeah, the controls in one are garbage, dick.
1: <laughs> but see, he promised to play it. Like, doesn't that mean he has to finish it? Is that? Well, yeah, hold so on. on. That's why I would say make him
3: play part we, one. Yeah, <laughs> While you've got this guarantee. <laughs> we need to talk about this guarantee. If I finish one, will you finish Kingdom Hearts one? Or is it just if I play a little you're, bit you're of You're
0: behind Doug. Doug and I can go fresh. He can start Red Dead. I can start Kingdom Hearts today. You haven't even finished Red Dead 2. I know. I and, know. And I'm going to argue you have 45 more hours. It can't be that much for Act you're, 5
3: and 6. And... The There's game after that.
2: And uh,
0: Prologue 1 and, and Prologue 2. Yeah, not or a little not, bit Not of game. Prologue, Epilogue, sorry.
2: I mean, it's another, what, 20 hours a game after Act 6?
0: Yes.
3: I mean, I do need to finish that first, and I will. And today is a great day for that because I have not shit to do after this. So...
0: Well, you're going to have to move your Xbox because the Chiefs play the Raiders at 2.30, and this game actually means something that's, today. Yeah, that's so fine. I will I have, be watching that. There
3: are many TVs in this house.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, for you, Doug.
2: Red Dead. Yeah. Enough said. You guys already heard the reasons why.
1: Uh, for me, it is absolutely Smash Bros. Ultimate. And the reason why is this isn't just a game, it's a phenomenon. And it's something that you can bring to a party and someone who's never played a game before wants to. It's not even like begrudgingly wants to join in because everyone's having so much fun. And when I pick games of the year, I think of the game I'm going to be playing three years from now. And as amazing as Red Dead is, is it's not something I see myself playing again three years from now, but I'm going to be playing smash bros ultimate until the next one comes out Mm. hands down. And that's as a gamer who's put in 1100 hours in the previous smash games combined. And it has that wonderful ability to be accessible to new folks, um, playing other new folks. And it has something to still challenge wildly experienced players and so just as its status, as a cultural phenomenon, like Smash Bros, everyone's talking about it. Everybody, everybody. Uh age, gender, you doesn't matter. Everyone's talking about it. So as a phenomenon, Smash Bros. gets my pick.
4: Yeah, I know people who had never had any form of handheld console in their life bought a Switch for Smash Bros. I I know a dozen people that have done that. They didn't even buy a Switch when they didn't have a Wii U and Breath of the Wild was out, but they bought it for Smash Bros. The other reason I was going to pick Smash Bros. as well is it is such a... Like, Nintendo just built this wonderful love letter to longtime fans, and that is something that absolutely has to be appreciated and respected. I mean, there is no better... you know. Know, we call it fan service, but it, it it is also thank you for sticking with us all these years. And and I just, I can't help but appreciate that.
0: Anytime you can have Pac-Man, fight Mega Man, fight Simon Belmont, fight Mario. And tiebreakers
1: always go to multiplayer games. If there's a good game that you can play with your friends um, versus show off or watch
3: with your friends, I that that's my tiebreaker every time. So I would like to say that these were a lot of great options. There were... A lot of phenomenal games in 2018, but as was decided online by the Bitface crew, uh, it goes to Red Dead Redemption this year, Game of the Year.
0: I yeah, and I don't think that's a slight against God of War or Smash or Smash or Spider Man, which again didn't get enough top four. Didn't get enough love this year. Spider Man's great if you're a fan of the character. Go pick up Spider Man if you want a really good action title. Pick up God of War if you want to play a story that, like Doug said, you have to earn it. The first 10 hours of Red Dead, I even came downstairs after the first five and got another beer and was like, I don't know, Tyler. I was like, this is really, really slow. And But then when you realize that, oh, no, that's all intentional. That was all intentionally set up like that. Take some time when you're playing Red Dead and don't just rush through the story. Sit down and observe the camp. And observe everything that's going on. And yeah, just
2: watch the characters just watch interact. the
0: characters interact with each other. And I think that's where the game is at its most beautiful. I am a big fan of westerns. I don't like country music, but there's a couple country tracks in the game. I was like, yeah, that's not that's not horrible. I can I can deal with that. And there's some more contemporary songs too that were definitely not from the era. It's a it's a beautiful title. Uh maybe I'll put up a top ten just so you guys can read it online, but I wanted to do it this way this year and I like this way so much better.
4: Yeah, this was nice. I think we got a, a much better like spread of games, having to kind of force ourselves to think about indie games and you know, this being a great year for indie games. But still it was nice to have to like kind of expand how we think about gaming.
0: And, and I think next year we open it up to we'll do all eight categories. Online. We'll let everyone vote because that was my favorite part of doing the BitFace Game Awards. It's, it Absolutely. isn't just us five. Absolutely. It's everyone gets a, an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great uh, idea, by the way.
3: <laughs> I think when we release this episode, I will go back and put up with the winner from what we chose and still put up the polls so we can see what everyone else said.
4: That's a great idea.
0: All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Not that we have to record one right after this, Industry Secrets Inside Baseball, but that's exactly what's happening. So I hope you guys enjoyed the first annual BitFace Game of the Year awards. I think we can all agree we are definitely gonna do it this way next year. It's just a, such an easier way to talk about it. And we still get to do our top tens of pop culture because I like the elimination round like that. So from the Bit Cave, the entire crew is here. Rebecca, the sexy chameleon, Carl, my favorite actor in the world, Brevik, Doug, my partner in crime, over at Tapping Geek Out, and even though he was a little slack today, the chairman of the soundboards, I don't know what the fuck's going on over there, but I hope this all recorded correctly. <laughs> and if it didn't, I won't say a word about it, and that's the biggest lie I've told uh, <laughs> this entire
4: <year>.
0: <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so from the Bit Cave and the 2018 BitFaced Game of the Year Awards, I am Eric G. and we are out.